This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Living in Atlanta just got a whole lot more bearable. Welcome to the party, pal. Hi, everybody. Carl Dukes and Mike Bell. The names that mean goodness. Say my name, you know who I am. Carl Dukes. I drink and I know things. Oh, don't question my authority thing. King Kong ain't got on me. Sometimes you just got to call somebody, and I'm not ashamed to say it. You know, ah! And Mike Bell. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. Hope you guess my name. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes until somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes, right? Get ready for the best five hours of your life. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Don't believe me, just watch. This is Dukes and Bell. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. You know what? Why don't we start doing the stuff that other guys have done on other radio shows around the country? No. no. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Atlanta, what's going on? It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, hey man. The crew is back together. Well, at least part of it. Turtle is off this week, but Mike Bell is back. I'm back for a few mm. days. Big O is here, and we hope you had a great holiday, a great uh, Christmas. And uh, as we get ready to bring in the new year, we're going to also bring in uh, decision-making because the Falcons responded after the worst loss of the season. Right. With their most complete game in a 29-10 blowout of Indy. And, Mike, you know, the thing about it is the 29 points, that's the most we scored all season. We've not scored over 30 this season, but 29 is the most we scored all season. We do have a full show tonight until 6, coaches show. Tonight's uh, player guest is going to be Tyler Algier. Huge run from him yesterday to kind of break things open. But we've got a lot to discuss, guys, and we will certainly get into it with Mark Slareth a little bit later on this hour as well, as Stink will stop by here at around 2.40. First and foremost, man, before we get into anything, how how was the uh, the getaway? How was the vacay? Oh, it's great, man. That's uh, I've already told my wife a million times, I want to retire there. I just, you know, certain spots I just dig. Sure. Amelia Island is just, I was telling uh, Oren, who's a producing and engineering today, by the way, wearing two hats on that big noggin of his. But yeah, man, it's just a fun place to visit. Real dog friendly. You see, I posted the photos up there at Mike Bell ATL. We've come to know a lot of the bar owners. The last four years has kind of been our thing. Go up there Christmas week and just hang out. And the owners of the place we rented, I was like, hey, uh, weather's going to be really nice. I think we're going to stay there through the weekend. And they're like, oh, just uh, mail us a check. No big deal. That's I'm like, cool. Okay. So <laughs> Most of these folks are like, uh, we have other people coming. You need to say. leave. So it really worked out great. And then I was just telling uh, Mike and Randy during the commercial break, it's only the second Falcons home game I've missed in the last decade. And as you just pointed out to start the show, they play their most complete game of the season. After watching a game when I'm literally glad I was at the beach because I went out in the ocean basically to go think about drowning myself at halftime <laughs> as they were losing to Carolina. And I know you had a lot of uh, input from the listeners, and you guys had some strong opinions last week too. Yeah, I just, you know, where we are, and we're going to break down this playoff scenario. Okay, last week Fricky was in for you, and uh, he was trying to sell some false hope, and I said I'm not going to do it. Um, but there is a 10% chance that they <laughs> – <laughs> okay, come on. There is a 10%. 
That's me laughing at Freaky's yes. uh, false hope. I, uh, I, there is he is a- the eternal optimist. And the thing I love most about Freaky is, even when some of these things have really kind of kind of a crazy take, is, I don't know, is the conviction with which John delivers a take, which seems like it has absolutely no chance of ever occurring. So there is a 10% chance of us getting to the playoffs. Uh, and we'll lay this out for you, okay? Ultimately, it has to do with us winning out and needing a bunch of help, okay? We need help from Tampa. We need help from the Saints. We... Because this is where we find ourselves. And this gets back to blowing those games that we should have won where we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't be in this predicament. But as far as the game is concerned, uh, Heineke played clean. And really, mm-hmm. this is what all we've needed. This is it. We needed Taylor Heineke to be clean. We needed Ritter when he was starting to be clean, but he wasn't. Ten interceptions, 11 fumbles. That's not clean. So 229 yards, Mike, a touchdown. He throws one to pitch. Tyler Algier had the 31-yard touchdown run. And you score a season-high 29 points. I think they're going to build on this as they head to Chicago. And we've got all week to talk about Chicago. But I will tell you guys, and I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks, Justin is motivated to play well against his hometown team. He didn't play well here at Mercedes-Benz last year. They took the L. They're describing it in Chicago, by the way. Sorry to cut you off. It's like an audition. Well, for those who do believe they're going to put him on the move in the offseason. And listen, there's a lot of, there's a lot of smoke there uh, because they have top picks. They've got the fourth or the uh, first and I think the fourth pick overall as we speak right now with the trade that they made with Carolina last year. But as far as the Falcons are concerned, let, let's talk about some of the positives. Six sacks yesterday or Sunday. Six mm-hmm. sacks. Mike, we talked about getting after the quarterback and, and the most impressive thing is, you know, it was, a, it was a, a multitude of guys. And then Jesse Bates. Is there any more discussion about Jesse? Six interceptions on the season. This guy just makes mm. plays. And Bijan Robinson, here's the key. 12 carries for 72 yards, but he also had 50 yards receiving. A total of over 120 yards. This is where he needs to be game in and game out. Yeah, and why it takes so long for Arthur Smith to figure this out, and I heard Mike and Randy talking about it on the way in. I mean, look, playbook is, you know, it's still a running game. We're running backs here. Hit that hole. That's your job. If it's not there, go do your magic stuff and dance around and make you extend the play. It's not as complicated as being a quarterback as a rookie. So we get that. But why it took so long to get this perfect mix, which is, you know, we said 20 touches, however you get it, perfect. You all just laid it out. You know, Pitt's in the mix. Drake London, you know, just not not a great day by his standards, but seven about seven different guys got to caught the football. Even Scotty Miller, you know, got in the mix. Sure you know, John o. Smith. We told you that we know what a weapon he can be. So all these guys, you know, it's just it's just very frustrating that this didn't happen sooner. That this is why. And when I'm Arthur Blank, and we're going to talk, we have all week to discuss this, Carl. What do you do with Arthur Smith? Now, I don't want to spill the beans. I think you and I are both of the opinion Arthur Blank's going to stay the course with Arthur Smith next year. You think? Well, it's Barring, not- unless they lose these next two. It's not spilling the beans, Mike. I think this whole thing has been that Arthur Smith, or excuse me, Arthur Blank wants to give the fan base a chance to play it out in their heads. But I got to tell you, as far as business is concerned, and if you ever own a business, you work for uh, somebody and you're close to the ownership group, you guys know these decisions, they're not made lightly, but they're certainly not made overnight. It's not as if Arthur Blank's going to go to sleep, okay, after the last game and wake up the next morning and go, he's fired! He doesn't do that. He just doesn't do those things. He knows in his heart of hearts where he wants to go. And, yeah, I don't think anybody should be fooling themselves thinking that Arthur Smith is more likely to be fired than likely Mm. to stay here. He is more likely to be here than he is likely to be fired. That is where we are right now. Now, if you go to Chicago and they beat us 40-0, 
and then you go to New Orleans, Mike, and they beat us 45-3, then you're going to reevaluate what happened. But, guys, this team has competed all season long. That's not been the issue. The the, the competitive spirit has not been the issue why we've lost. We know why we've lost these games. So, Mike, I am under the impression, again, he is more likely to be here. But to make us feel like, the fan base, like this is some big decision that's waiting and looming, I think is bull. I I don't believe that. I think the decision's already been made. I agree with you. And I do think that he's going to stay. I I disagree with the decision. I would move on from Arthur Smith. I'd have to have a real long conversation about what I'm going to do with the front office, too. Because they screwed up the season, guys, because they didn't have the quarterback situation dialed in. And that's on Arthur Smith. Now, again, is is Terry Fontenot the silent partner? I mean, you drafted this guy, you know, third. You figured, okay, we're taking a bit of a risk. I I don't know how calculated the risk was, but you saw what the – he had a lot of games, a lot of reps at Cincinnati. The way – and I know we're we're looking forward to the end of the season. Maybe we do some things. But for me, and I'm hung up on this, and I know we've talked about it before, they screwed this thing up in the summer. Ritter needed to have every single snap available to him. He needed to have as many snaps last year – I mean, they should have just – last year was a team where you were hum, hamstrung by the cap issues. This was the year where you had a wild – blank check. So last year was the year to know what you have with Ritter. You go into the season, you don't know. You give him one series against the Bengals, and then you bench him twice. And the dumb thing for Arthur was to say he's going to be the guy. No, Arthur, just say what you want to say. I'm trying to save my job. i got to go with the quarter – I heard Terry Bradshaw on NFL – on Fox – I love Terry, but I don't know where he got his information on this. It's just simply a coach trying to keep his job. That's why he told Ritter, sorry, you're out. Heineke's in. But to me, Carl, how do you have faith in that coach who mishandled this situation dealing with a drafted quarterback again if you're going to go in that direction? Or you're going to bring Ryan Tannehill down? That's the fan base will really go crazy for that. I, I can't trust Arthur Smith making these decisions. And that's why if I ran the team, he'd be gone. And, yes, I would let him play out the string, Carl. I know that Arthur's only fired one coach midstream. That was, what, uh, DQ. That's right. That's right. And, and as far as Terry Bradshaw, yeah, he talked about nurturing the quarterback, which is the yeah. silliest thing. You know, we, either you can play or you can't play. Right. Okay. Right now I'm under the impression that, uh, yeah, the turnovers have played a role, but is he a difference maker at quarterback? And we're talking about Desmond Ritter. I think most of you feel like he's not. Okay, so then let's move on. Let, let, let's not waste our time with Correct. trying to figure out where we're going. But, yes, I thought Terry Bradshaw was completely off base with that comment yesterday or Sunday when he made it, talking about nurturing him more right. instead of benching right. him. Please. And you and I, look, we both spend time. Terry's a good guy, but this, you know, national shows, they're talking in sound bites, and he just doesn't know what the situation is here. So, but getting back to our, look, we never apologize for a win. It's the most complete game of the season. But a lot of folks like me were just like, I, for the first time in my life, I literally said, is it better for us to win or lose? And that's a tough spot to be in. And the coach and the team put us there in the first place. 404-726-0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Hey, we're past Christmas. Glad you're here with Dukes and Bell. Find us on social media. He's Mike Bell. ATL. I'm at Put Him Up. See Dukes in this radio show. It's Dukes and Bell 929. We're coming back. I've got some more positives to tell you about with this Falcon football team. And maybe it helps you say, hey, maybe this thing is moving in the right direction. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dukes and Bell Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Mark Slip's going to stop by. Odyssey NFL Insider coming up here at 240. Uh, and we're talking about the Falcons. I want to give you guys some positives, okay? Yeah. Because uh, whether you feel like this is heading in the right direction, if I told you this in your Arthur blank, you might feel like, okay, you know what? I'm making the right decision here by staying the course. To Mike's point, there are a lot of you who feel like that may not be the best idea. We have two regular season games left, Chicago, Saints. We need both of them. As I said, minimal uh, opportunity to make the playoffs, 10%. But there is a chance, okay? So here's the thing. Uh, Sunday was the sixth 400-yard game this season by the offense. Only San Francisco has more mm. with nine this season. So when you see that, you go, well, what? why haven't we scored more points? If San Francisco is the – they have nine, okay? It's the sixth time we've had 400 yards this right. season. Here's another one for you. Everybody's talking about Bijan not being, you know, maybe the rookie of the year. Uh, and, Mike, you were out last week. We talked about uh, Puka Nakua and the season he's having for the Rams. He's got 1,397 yards. Bijan, 87 yards away from breaking William Andrews' franchise record, guys. William Andrews was a hell of a running back. Right. We're talking about from, from the line of scrimmage yards by scrimmage, a rookie, right. okay? Right. So, currently he has 1,246 yards. He only trails Puka Nakua, who has 1,397 among rookies. Point is, he's having a really good year, despite the fact that we've been like, oh, Bijan, Bijan. And he missed a game when you consider the, that's the, right. the workload in the Tampa game at Tampa. Correct. So, again, you go, oh, okay, here's one more for you. Since week 12, all right, week 12, we've got two weeks left. We've had four passing TDs of at least 20 yards in the air. We talk about explosive plays. Kyle Pitts had a 24-yarder on Sunday. Those four lead the league in that span. It's weird. And, and my point is, you say, what is good about this team? There are some good things. But, Mike, we haven't been able to put it all together like we did Sunday against Indianapolis. We haven't been able to get after the quarterback like we did against Indianapolis where we had six sacks or a turnover with Jesse Bates. And then these plays we're talking about, that has been the fundamental problem. But is that enough for you to say, okay, you know what? Maybe this is going to be okay if we get the right quarterback. Right, but do you trust this guy? Because, you know, you could argue the one quarterback that he worked with because he couldn't fix Mariota, they went to Tannehill. And Tannehill did have a, a tremendous career resurgence, Carl, up in Nashville yep. with Arthur Smith as the OC. But, you know, I, but is that it? I mean, is, could he, if, just for argument's sake, if they ever did pull off a trade for Justin Fields, who I know fans are fascinated by and we understand the angle there. Or if you're going to draft a quarterback in the first round, do you feel that, oh, no, he screwed up Ritter, but he'll get this guy. Because you know, th because this first rounder is, no, he's the real deal as far as the third rounder, which we thought could be Russell Wilson. See, there's the argument. Yeah. And the three games and the numbers, like, those numbers don't lie. Those are great numbers. But the, the, the loss to the Titans, Vikings, and Cardinals still sticks in my head. And, and to me, what, what three – take a take – if you're Arthur Blank, take a three-game sample size, the, the last three of the season or the, when the season was on the line. Because, you know, we, we were in the mix for this division. It's yes, the, we were. We had the, and the other thing is the worst schedule in the worst division, and you still, you know, you couldn't find a way to win it in a year when there were expectations. So that's – I'm just balancing. I'm literally, guys – And those numbers, Mike, yeah. don't take away 
from any of these L's. They can't. No. What they do is they tell you that in areas where you don't think we're doing well or players that maybe mm. not be living up to the expectations, they are. And that this offense at times has played really well, but it doesn't take away from the L's. No. And then, look, I know I, I can't steal any more thunder because you guys already dropped it on last week, but you lost to the worst team in the league. You know, you, you lost to a, a team which is the definition of dysfunction, and, and you couldn't get it. And then, look, a lot of that was on Ritter throwing one of the stupidest picks in franchise history. So, to me, it's just the decision-making. You know, the big decisions, and, you know, Coach will have more big decisions if he keeps his job next year. And I don't like the way he's handled the big decisions like Ritter, which is the biggest ones of all this year. Play calling we've talked about. Look, the, the, the offense looked better because Heineke, Carl, you know, he's got a presence in the pocket. Play clean. You, know, he, you, you want to call him a backup, a perennial backup. He knows he has pocket awareness. He was able to extend plays, move around, make better decisions than Ritter did. So uh, it just it's very frustrating because, to me, yesterday shows you what this team could have been with a, with a really, truly good quarterback under center. Here, here's the example I would give you guys as Mike talks about will potentially Art be better with a different quarterback regardless of how we acquire him, right? Free agency, trade, it doesn't matter. We draft one. And, again, if that happens, just prepare yourself for another two years of learning on the job. Mm-hmm. I don't care who it is. You can tell me how good Caleb Williams is. This is the NFL, okay? C.J. Stroud came into the league. How's that looking? He's good, but I don't know if the Texans are going anywhere. Right. Bryce Young came into the league. Mm. I mean, and again, it's, it's a learning curve. Different set of circumstances, but, you know, Stroud comes into a, a good culture. seems like what uh, D'Amico Ryans has yep. built there. I, I think you look at the teams and say, you know, Fields, Fields was the most, one of the most dysfunctional teams. He goes into Chicago. He goes through multiple coordinators. You know, lose, I think he loses some confidence, tries to get back. Basically, it almost sounds like a farewell to the city in his postgame yesterday or two days ago. Well, he hears all this right. stuff. I mean, you know, it's, it's no secret. First of all, his people are talking to him. Mm. He's, he's well aware. He's an aware young man. But this is what I would tell you guys about whether Arthur would be better. Do you guys think Kyle Shanahan was in the uh, helmet? Of Brock Purdy when he threw four interceptions? Mm. Do you think Shanahan was going throw the ball to the right? Mm. Right. Throw it over the middle. He wasn't. And the point is, once you have the ball in your hands, Mike, and you make these decisions, it is on you. Purdy looked like complete crap against right. that Ravens defense. Okay. They destroyed him. They destroyed that offense. All of a sudden they look, they look pedestrian. The point is. Once you hike the ball, no matter how good the coaching is, I don't think anybody here in Atlanta would ever dispute how good Kyle Shanahan is. Right. We, we witnessed it. But he wasn't in his helmet saying, hey, Brock. And Brock made those decisions last night. So that is what I would tell you, Mike, is it doesn't matter if it's Kyle Shanahan who we think is the best play caller in the league or if it's Arthur Smith. Right. Ultimately, the quarterback has to make the right decisions, and Heineke did that on Sunday. Yep, you got Ritter didn't. You got to draft the right guy. You got to manage it. Look, the, the Ravens also some things. Some, the defense has a plan. The Raiders absolutely whipped up on Patrick Mahomes. I mean, and a lot of guys are beginning to say now, hey, maybe Eric Bieniemy had something to do with the play call. I don't know, <laughs> you know. But I mean, like, and I get it. They don't. They need a wide receiver. They don't have one. But when's the last time you saw Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? And obviously, the Kelsey incident. We'll talk about that in the blitz where he chucks his helmet and Reed says, "Hold on, big fella, you're not going back in there just yet." But it, you've got the, you've got a counterpunch, and the, to me, the team sometimes had a game plan that made no sense, like the Detroit game. This game plan was was awesome. You can't argue with anything, but. Again, we're not apologizing for a win, but we're taking the big-picture conversation in addition to talking about the win over the Colts here. You still had one of your, one of your Arthur Smith moments. We burn a timeout with six minutes in the second, and then comes a spike into a timeout. You clock it, and then you have to burn a timeout. 
which perhaps you could have set up a touchdown. At the end of the day, we get a field goal out of it. But that stuff, if I'm Arthur Smith, I got to explain myself to Arthur. If I'm Arthur Blank, I want to know what's going on here because those continue to happen. It's fair. That's not a fair, that's not an unfair assessment. 404 726 It is the little things that will get you beat. They were playing so well against this Colts offense defensively. That one didn't come back to bite you, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen. And it doesn't mean like, hey, when we have these clock screw-ups and we're in position to do something, what is the reasoning behind it? Mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree at all. Hey, while we're talking about the Falcons uh, and this win over the Colts, technically, guys, it's Tuesday, we know, but it is a Falcon Monday because Christmas was on Monday. We're back today. Uh, tomorrow we'll be up at Flowery Branch, and we'll get a chance to talk to Coach as they start to get ready for the Chicago Bears. Coming up tonight, 6 o'clock, Coach's show, player segment is Tyler Algier. As uh, a lot of guys are hitting us up, and one of them said, Dukes, I was at the game mm-hmm. on Sunday. Um, the issue is Arthur Smith. It is not anything else. And, you know, B-Pow, I hear you. I-, I understand. He says he doesn't attack the defense with his weapons. Listen, I- I'll go back to this. I think there was a point in the season, he may never admit it, that Arthur Smith was trying to protect Desmond Ritter by not attacking the defense, by putting right. him in harm's way. Right. Guys, your playbook gets cut. When you don't trust a guy that's throwing the football, okay? I hear you. I don't disagree. We got all these guys. Let's go vertical. Let's put Bijan out there. Let him run a go route. But you can't do all that when you don't trust the, the, the guy that's delivering the football. So, Mike, he'll never say it. Mm-hmm. But I think part of this was I got to dumb it down a little bit to make sure that he doesn't make any additional mistakes to give him the confidence he needs. And instead, Ritter continued to put the ball on the turf. Right. And uh, this season, look, you went back, and I, I'll take, again, take it back to what we said to start the program. You, you didn't use what you should have done. You didn't use him the right way in the preseason. He needed every mental rep. Yep. We, we can't debate. Like last year came and gone, and because the Bucks played so mediocre, we were alive longer than we probably should have been, which then kept Mariota in the game. But Mariota's numbers are all-star compared to what Ritter did this year. <laughs> you know? So it's just, you know, that's where it's at. By any, by any metric, Mariota is a 10 times better than Desmond Ritter, guys. You can look it up. All right, we uh, will continue to talk about our Falcons. We're going to talk to Mark Schlereth coming up, Odyssey NFL Insider. We'll get his thoughts on all the things that went down in the NFL. There was no game bigger than last night this weekend because everybody said, oh, 49ers are the best team. And I still think man for man, roster-wise, they are. But the Ravens came in with a chip on their shoulder, Mike. And let's be honest, can I tell you something, Atlanta? Think we should have traded for Lamar Jackson? Now, you're going to tell me it wasn't available and we would have had to give up two first-round picks, and I'm going to tell you I don't give a damn. I'm going to tell you what would this look like with him. What would this look – when we talked about this and you guys thought I was absolutely out of my mind and I said, we got to find a way, and they said they won't do it. Now, ultimately, they paid him. He got his bag. But Lamar Jackson wrote a letter about how he would not be back with the Ravens in the offseason. He was ready to go. They hadn't treated him right. Ownership hadn't respected him. And you guys kept saying, oh, he's not the answer. He's the MVP. Now, you could argue that despite our interest and our excitement about it because it just gets you the closest thing we've had to Mike Vick here since Mike Vick left. But, you know, the, it would have been hard for Baltimore to ever let that guy go unless, to your point, Carl, you could come with such an unbelievable package. But no, they, none they of these owners no. did. They no. were chicken, Mike. They no. were all afraid that if they said, we're going to give you two first-rounders, which was the case because that was the franchise tag, right. under, which he was, and we're going to give you a 100, 200 million guarantee. None of these owners did that. 
They didn't want to. They were now, scared. I do believe. Now we can never prove this, but I think some football fans would agree with us if we said after what happened with uh, Jimmy Haslam and Deshaun Watson, there were a lot of folks in the NFL in that in that, uh, in that elite owners club who said we don't want to seem to go rogue and then give this guy a three hundred million dollar contract because it seemed like that's what Lamar was asking for. You got to take it back to the timeline. Mm-hmm. Remember Lamar? Was, oh, he wanted he, he wanted the going rate, right? And so there's a lot of moving parts to it. Some folks said it was an, it was a fait accompli. It could never could have happened, but it was certainly a discussion that had the fan base energy. The problem we have right now with the Falcons is, guys, we have a 10% chance to make the playoffs, but there's a lot of the fan base, and I'm just telling it like it is, guys. And I'm, I know we have a full spectrum from guys who feel we still got a shot to folks who feel it's over. There's a lot of fans in this town who are like, do I really want this regime back next year? You know, I, it, that's where it's really tough. And why do we feel that way? Because of the way the season played out. We're human. We have emotions. We bought into this team being a, a bona fide playoff contender, and they play some garbage football this year at times. Coming up, Mark Schlaff's going to join us, host of the Stinking Truth podcast. We'll get his opinions. He called the game, by the way, Mm. Sunday. We'll see what Stink has to say next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dukes and Bell Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Our buddy Mark Schlereff, Stink, host of the Stinking Truth Podcast, brought to you by Old Spice. Uh, Stink, first of all, happy holidays to you and your family. Hope you had a, a good Christmas. Man, what the, what the hell was that on Sunday from this offense? <laughs> you called the game, and all of a sudden, you know, Falcons scored 29 points. It's a season high, Stink, and I'm going, like, like what, what's the deal here? Was there anything different that you've seen, and you've done a bunch of these games this season? Yeah, anything different. I mean, obviously, they stayed on schedule. They didn't turn the ball over, especially in critical moments. Um, you know, and, and Taylor Heineke made some really tight window, like just big boy, not afraid throws. I mean, that, that's really the biggest difference is completing those balls. And I always say this about the NFL versus college, like what is completely covered in college is wide open in the NFL. And it takes time to learn that. And obviously, Des Ritter has struggled with those things. And, um, and, and Des has really struggled. Where his, his most difficult time uh, that he has had is getting off the front side stuff, you know, when that stuff is covered. Because if it's open and your first receiver in your progression is open on the front side, then he'll rip it. And he can, I mean, he's accurate and he can really let it eat. But when he has to turn from that front side to that backside read, that's where he loses accuracy. That's where he loses timing. That's where he loses the confidence. And that's where a lot of the, you know, the misthrows and the mishaps happen. So, you know, a, a lot of that stuff to me was just the, the fact that Heineke played really well and, and just drove the ball. Now there's a couple that, that could have been picked, you know, a couple that were really tight, but I appreciate the fact that he played fearlessly. And then the, the combination of the way they use their running backs um, is something they've wanted to do all season long, but, really haven't been able to get to it simply because they haven't been able to convert. They haven't been able to do those things because of the quarterback play. So um, that's what that offense was supposed to look like from day one. And 
unfortunately, you know, they, they still have an opportunity to get in the playoffs, obviously, but unfortunately they probably ought to have 10 wins right now. Right. Um, the way they're constructed. And that's the, you know, that's the part you, you look at and go, what could have been, because there's no question in my mind that they should have, you know, 10, 11 wins maybe. If the NFC South is on television, Mark Schlereth is calling the game. He joins us right now on the waitfor.com hotline. Yeah, Mark. I was like, those cereals did I take a piss in? Like, why, why do I take a piss in? Can I get something else around here? So that's just, it's just the way it worked out this year. And again, I got the Giants. I got like six Giants games a couple of years ago that was like, that was like absolute brutal torture. Uh, I think Joe Judge was the coach. I was oh, like, oh, good. I got to go meet with Joe Judge again. Like, oh, God. Uh, and he, anyhow, you know, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, that's just the way it works out sometimes. I'm just I poking suppose. the bear, man. Just poking oh, the bear. Yeah. Hey, man, around the league, uh, I was telling Carl, I, I mean, I can't remember seeing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs looking so stymied. We haven't talked about their lack of playmakers, but what, what do you look at when you see just how weird it's gotten there with just that offense? Well, I'm telling you what, the Raiders just kicked their ass. That yep. was that's that's what I saw. I mean, you saw a physical team mm. that got punched in the mouth and didn't have an answer for it. You know, I mean, or a, a team that just totally got out physical and and like that to me never goes in and out of style. It's kind of like what happened last night to the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Now you, you turn the ball over that many times, you're gonna you know you're gonna give up points and stuff. So that game was probably should have been a lot closer than it was, but. Uh, yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs, they, they don't have an answer for that. You know, and it's its amazing. Um, when you're kind of a skilled, finesse team and you've just been more skilled than everybody else and um, and you've been able to get away with not being as physical, that's one thing. But all of a sudden when some of those skills kind of, you know, dissipate and you lose some of those players and those playmakers and all of a sudden um, you get thumped a little bit, you don't have an answer for it. And, you know, one of the things I've always said about playing, and this just goes back to my experience with playing, and, um, you know, when you're out of sync, out of rhythm as an offense, it's really hard to throw yourself back into a rhythm. Um, to me, what you have to be able to do and what really works is condensed formations, getting two tights, two backs, you know, 22, 21 personnel, 12 personnel, whatever, whatever you're kind of, form of base heavy is mm -hmm. and just I mean just absolutely thunder punch people in the face mm -hmm. right and then all of a sudden you get them out of those shell coverages you get them you mm -hmm. you make them commit to stopping you in the run and that's where you get those easy one-on-ones on the outside because you get a single high safety look and and you know it's always one of those things man we used to get offended um, in my time here in Denver with Mike Shanahan if somebody tried to play shell on us well it was like it, it was offensive to Mike Shanahan He'd be like, how dare you try and beat us or try and manage our offense with a shell. We are going to beat the living piss out of you. <laughs> and, like, that's that's how we operated. And then, you know, you, then you get in a bunch of single high looks, and then you could take, you know, those double the double move shots and things like that. So, um, you know, and, uh, to me, it's an unfortunate aspect of the way the NFL has gone. We've just get, gone into these – you know, spread offenses and, hey, let's get everybody spread out and, you know, let's just throw the ball 70% of the time. And, and you know, I understand why. That's like, to me, that's, you know, when you throw the ball really well and spread it out and you do all that. So that's like, a, you know, Viagra to 80-year-old owners. They, they love that crap. But that stuff don't, that stuff don't win championships. Slareth, uh, what do you think about Lamar Jackson, man? I mean, there was a time where everybody was like, oh, he's not any good, and I don't know what the hell they were watching. Like, this guy just wins. 
Mark, that's all he does. He just wins. And I know the numbers are not not comparable to what some of these other quarterbacks have done this season, but I thought going into last night was an MVP game between him and Purdy, and you could throw Christian McCaffrey in there. And he and he walks out the winner. Like, he leaves the circle the winner last night if you're talking about the MVP. Oh, I don't think there's any question. And, you know, there's there's days when you look at what's going on or times back in the past when you look at what's going on and – um, you know, one of the things that, that you would say, well, he's had a tough time, you know, when, when teams don't have to play single high, when they don't get one-on-ones all the time, because they were such a unique running game. And, um, and so, you know, in those times when they got behind and he had to throw them back into competition or throw them back into games where that wasn't, he wasn't as versed as that, because, you know, ultimately that's not what their offense was. Mm. And so you didn't get a lot of work at that. And so I understand those criticisms. I've had those criticisms in the past. Um, but when you talk about what they're doing right now and Todd Munkin has opened up that offense, they're still super physical. They still run the heck out of the football. But, you know, where I would look at it, and, and it, it was interesting because I was on TV last week, uh, you know, talking about it. I go, if, if it was a quarterback award, and this is what I hate about the MVP, it's like the Heisman, it's become a quarterback award, which right. I think is garbage. But I was like, you going into that game last week or a week and a half ago, whatever it was, I was on television. I was like, I'd probably go Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill. If it has to be a quarterback award, right. and you know they were asking me between Purdy and and um, and Lamar, I said I would give it to Lamar, simply because his numbers not might not be great, but you look at what he does, um, and you look at the effect he had, and you saw it last night. Mm. His ability when you have the defense, when the defense has you dead to rights. And you can make 14 people miss and scramble around and make a play. I mean, it's it's remarkable what that guy is able to do and how he creates, you know, those opportunities and those one-on-ones for his receivers on the outside, you know, to break loose and and get free. It's it's just he's been amazing. There's no question about it. It is uh, Mark Slareth, guys, Pro Bowler, and again, Super Bowl winner with us here on Duke's Bell, our weekly visit. The knock on the Cowboys and the Dolphins is they're, they're exciting to watch, but they can't beat good teams, and the Dolphins found a way. What do you make of that, and do you buy Dallas in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, Dallas is always one of those teams that I would I would look at and say, you know, until you can do it against good teams on a consistent basis um, and do it on the road, you know, I, I just have questions about them. So that's kind of where I would go with the Dallas Cowboys. I think Miami is one of those teams that a lot more they're a lot more physical than you think, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but again, they rely they they rely they run the ball, but they run the ball mostly outside the numbers, and they're pretty uniquely built that way on their speed game. But um, yeah, they're they're kind of the same for me, you know, until you kind of consistently do it um, and show that you can win kind of those those tough games. Um, you know, away from away from the security of your home turf, like that, that they would be a question for me. Well, as we uh, talk about this playoff picture, I mean, it, it's crazy. We were looking at the numbers, and you know, the NFC. Uh, it, it seems like the AFC picture's a lot clearer, right? Dolphins have clinched, Ravens, but the NFC is a lot murkier as mm-hmm. far as what this is going to look like. Uh, after that loss last night, Niners 11-4, and four, Eagles 11-4, and four, Lions 11-4. and four. Um, And it's like, okay, what's this going to look like and who it truly is the best team? Do you think the 49ers take a hit after that loss? I say no because they're not going to play that Ravens defense every week. 
Yeah, no, I mean, and the other thing is, is like, I don't care who you are. You, you turn it over five times, you know, you throw four picks um, early and then a fifth late, like you're going to lose. You just can't, especially with a good team, you give the Baltimore Ravens or anybody short fields like that. It's just, I mean, there's not a whole lot you're going to be able to do. So, um, but you know, if they played again, you know, three or four times would, would the Ravens be favored? Yeah, but by much, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think they're still pretty closely contested, closely matched. And um, and if, you know, San Francisco was, was able to kind of not have those turnovers. I mean, you saw McCaffrey averaging like seven, eight yards a carry in the first half. And, and obviously some of that was, you know, this strategy behind how you're going to stop them. You know, take away the big chunk plays in the passing game. Take away the Debo's you know, the Debo Samuels and the uh, Iukes and, and George Kittle and all those big chunk plays, run after catch plays, and, you know, we'll give up the run. Because I think part of that is we'll give up four or five yards of carry, but it's hard to put together drives, you know, consistently of, of you know, 75 yards just running it at four or five yards of carry. So eventually you got to put, you know, the ball in the air. And so, like, I thought that was part of the, the lack of their ability to stop the run early was mostly game planning stuff. Um, playing with a light box and just saying, we're just not going to let you beat us with the big passing game. So I think if they played again, you know, they'd, they'd be a, a tight game and we maybe get to see that in the Super Bowl. That would be awesome if mm-hmm. uh, if it were. But I still think uh, San Francisco is a damn good team. All right, big guy. Well, we know what uh, game you got this week, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got San Francisco at Washington. Oh, okay. right. uh, no, no NFC South, so I get a little break from the South. There you right, go. Man. Hail to there the you. commanders. Yeah. Hey, man, great. Thanks for the time, Mark. Happy holidays. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Take care. Merry Christmas. You too, man. Odyssey NFL Insider, host of the Stinking Truth Podcast, and brought to you by Old Spice. Hey, Tommy Cutlets, get your bags. This thing is over. You're saying it's gone Jeremy Lin? We're going to talk about it coming up in our NFL Blitz. It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 